Hello, soccer fans. Welcome to the Soccer Brothers Podcast. This is episode number 66. I'm your host, Alcatar, and as always, I'm joined by my brother, Nihal. How you doing, Nihal? I'm doing well, man, but uh, first of all, happy birthday. You're five minutes. Thank you. Five minutes into your, what, 17th year of life now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm technically 17. I like how you didn't wish me and we were on a call for five minutes before this. You just waited to do it on the podcast. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> What a great brother. Um, I, I, yeah. had to, I had to make you think I was just being a jerk. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're good, you're good. This was, this was, I'll remember this. Because <laughs> you, uh, you were definitely, you were definitely hinting at it a little bit. <laughs> when I said, how are you doing? No, not on the podcast, before the podcast. Oh, yeah, no, well, no, then I, <laughs> I knew that you were going to wait, but I didn't know you were going to wait to wish me on the podcast. Okay. Anyways, um, yeah, it's it's a stressful weekend for both me and Nihal. We both got finals coming up next week, but um, J. Cole's new album came out, which is exciting. Definitely check it out. It's on Spotify, iTunes. Are you plugging? Are you plugging uh, J. Cole? <laughs> he, he and I are tight. You know, we've got a little bit of a sponsorship going there. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, literally. Look, he, he's representing my city in a photo. Look it up. That's uh, true. Look that up Toledo J. Cole. That doesn't mean he's sponsoring. Us, are you <laughs> indirectly? Does he J. Cole is. even watch soccer? Um, I feel like I've seen him wear a soccer jersey before, and he's mentioned Messi in a freestyle once. He's mentioned Messi like M E S S I, or are you sure? Yeah, yeah, and FIFA. I think he he, which is kind of well, maybe that just means he plays FIFA. If you mentioned Messi and FIFA in the same bar, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> We had a big soccer game that happened on Saturday night, the MLS Cup Final between Toronto FC and Seattle. Both teams have never won it. Both teams have never been to it. And it turned out to be a very, very bland game, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> Not very, very. Let's, let's put that to one very. What it, do you think about it? Was, it was the blandest Big match since uh, El Clasico, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, mean, I, I, I think, yeah, it wasn't a great game, but to act like this is an indictment on MLS, which I, I've seen a little bit of that, I think that's ridiculous, honestly. I, I, don't, well, I don't understand that. Here's the thing. Yeah, if you, obviously, people like us, you know, people who watch most of the MLS playoffs, this, this was not a highlight game. This is probably one of the worst games. A lot of the other games were exciting. But this is the game that draws in the neutral fan, and that's where you have to show up big to, you know, to, to expand the fan base, which I, so it, I think it, it was a bad thing, you know, like. I mean, it, actually, it wasn't a great thing, yeah, in terms of the overall look for Major League Soccer, but, you know, because it was on Fox, it was on the, it was a national broadcast, um, it wasn't great for, yeah, I'll agree with that, but I think people who are soccer fans need to have some perspective and realize this is a cup final. Uh, you know, obviously, ML, obviously Toronto, and I mean, there are exciting cup finals, but obviously, you know, the last round was a little bit more exciting, at least on the Eastern side. So people were looking forward to a more open match, but you know, cup finals are never usually that exciting. I mean, you think about the, the champions league last year, it was exciting in terms of drama um, I mean, you think of the 2010 World Cup. I mean, aside from the goals, there wasn't much excitement, you know? Yeah. It's just yeah, how, I agree. That's just how soccer operates in a one-off format, I think. It's hard to have exciting matches. 
that being said, you know, I was expecting a little bit. I these I was expecting a little bit more uh, chances for both teams. I mean, Seattle didn't even have a shot on target, which is ridiculous. So I mean, yeah, no, and I, I didn't say it, but Seattle did end up winning the game after extra time into penalties. The score was zero zero. The first team to not have a shot on goal in any MLS Cup final, regardless of that they won or not. And uh, <laughs> there's another statistic, too, about the overall number of shots. I think, yeah, yeah, fewer shots of any team in MLS Cup with three shots total. Um, it really boiled down to... Well, why, why do you think Seattle was able to keep a clean sheet in this game? Well, for one... Stefan Fry. I mean, he obviously he had that incredible save uh, on the Josie Altador header. Uh, I think, you know, how many saves did he ma- end up making? Eight. Uh, eight, I think. I think besides <laughs> that one, I don't remember an uncomfortable save. I don't remember him having to make uh, a save that. I feel was- like there were ones that like he made look a little bit more uncomfortable than they actually should have been. Maybe, and honestly, he I, he was caught flat-footed a couple of times on some of those deflected yeah. shots. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it just wasn't really Toronto's night. You know, a lot of the shots were deflected. I think uh, a lot of the Toronto players passed up shots they could have taken one time and ended up taking a touch, and the shot wasn't really on anymore, and they took a bad shot. Uh, Toronto wasn't able to take advantage of the two-on-two opportunities constantly. You saw the fullbacks, Tyrone Mears and um, Jovan Jones pushing high, and then uh, Ozzy Alonso being caught out a little bit. And, you know, you had uh, Sebastian Jovinko and Josie Altidore against Chad Marshall and Roman Torres on a two-on-two, and Toronto just could not get a pass into either of them. Or when they did... You know, Jovinko had a bad touch or got fouled and it wasn't called or Josie, you know, the, the ball just didn't get to Josie. Um, you know, yeah. Seattle, you can say they defended well and they, you know, they grinded it out. But I think it was more of a lost uh, opportunity for Toronto rather than a exemplary, an exemplary defensive performance from Seattle, to be honest. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I, Josie did have a few chances. I mean, in the, in the second in the second minute, he had a he had a shot where Giovinco laid it off. Probably the only time successfully Giovinco actually laid off a ball to Josie in the game. Yeah, no, he and, was he he did not have a great match, and you know, uh, a lot of people criticized him in the in the last match against Montreal because he didn't have a great match, and he didn't show up tonight, and. You know, Josie Altidore was able to bail them out against Montreal. He wasn't able to bail them out against Seattle uh, tonight, uh, and that's that was the issue. I mean, Jovinko needed to show up, and he didn't. And he could be injured. Uh, on the flip side, really, Jordan Morris and uh, Nico Lodero didn't really show up either, but uh, it really doesn't matter in the end for Seattle. They were able to win on penalties. Yeah. Yeah, and as I was saying, I mean Josie Altidore, it may, it may, it may, he might have had a lot of shots on paper, but a lot of those are headers that weren't really that like, you know, great of service right. that that he just had to deal with. Even the header on Fry, like he made the most out of that. That wasn't like the, the, the it one, was never coming into the path of his. The head. one that stands out to me is I think the shot in the second minute 
He really should have finished that. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one for Jovinko. Well, I don't know about that. It was a tough angle. It was a tough angle. The, the other one for Jovinko, I don't remember when it was. It was it was in the second half, I believe, um, when it was a three-on-two, and Jovinko was played in, and he just sliced it wide a goal. Do you remember that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Br- uh, yeah, Bradley swung a long ball over the left side of the field, and then Giovinco rolled it across goal. No, no, no. No, Jovinko okay. shot it. He shot it. He was he had the he had far, the far post open. He was in the box. He had the far post open and he sliced it. And it hit it hit the side. Oh, net. that was very early on, right? He hit yeah, the yeah. sight netting. Was that early on? Was that the first half? No, no, in the second half. Yeah, it was in the second half. Yeah, early on in the second half, yeah. 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 Uh, he yeah. should he should have put that away. That was a clear cut opportunity for me. Seattle, on the other hand, had no opportunities. I mean, Nelson Valdez was non-existent. Jordan Morris didn't do much from the wing. Uh, Nico Lodero, I think, I thought the Toronto defense did a great job um, of covering Nico Lodero and Jordan Morris. Zavaleta, Eric Zavaleta, did fantastic against Jordan Morris, as did Hagland. Um, you saw a couple of times where Hagland would just shadow Lodero uh, when Lodero was on the right wing. Shadow Lodero. And drop with Lodero sometimes too, uh, when he was dropping into midfield, and and he really was suffocated by, um, by Hagland in the first half, and Bradley throughout the match, and Zavaleta when when they switched wings in the second half for a little while as well. So I thought Toronto defensively actually did a, a great job. I thought. Yeah, yeah, that, that's... and that's and that's something we haven't seen in the playoffs really from them. Yeah. I, I think Toronto, they they scored three goals on, on, on corner kicks in, in their second leg against Montreal, but they had a lot of corners. I, th- I think it was in the double digits in this game, but they they, they couldn't get anything going. I don't think – there was that one play where um, I think the corner came into Hagland and he, he headed it down, and then – this was an extra time, and then Altidore tried to get a hand on it, but Fry just – uh, got it, and you almost would have had yes. to make it one zero. Yeah, we have a gif of that on our Twitter too. Um, oh yeah, N- nice job today. Thank uh, you, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, our Twitter should be more active going it's forward. It's got to be stressful. A little like, bit, yeah. I mean, it's hard to. F- it's actually when I'm trying to because f- you have to take those gifs at the opportune time because I don't have a DVR. I can't rewind, so it's actually it's a little bit hard to pay attention to what's going on. So, um, but no, they had ten corners and really. Yeah, that was a decent opportunity, but the deliveries fell short, I felt like. I thought Michael Bradley yeah. and Jovinko both didn't really deliver on the corners. Michael Bradley nearly scored, I guess, from a corner. I don't know if you remember that one. Um, he put it right on frame near post. So, I mean, that's something he can do. It was, I think, the third corner of the match. Yeah. As you said, Jovinko's corner deliveries weren't that good. I think right away you knew it wasn't going to be his game when in the first, like, two free kicks he just hit the wall. And really anywhere, he had to he had to be the guy that allowed Josie to, you know, pl- play more up top. But a lot of times it was Josie bringing it up and Giovinco would slide out wide, which, which was fine. I mean, Josie did a decent job, but I think towards the... Um, Towards the end of extra time, the reason Toronto looked more dangerous was because um, uh, Ricketts came in and allowed Altidore to, you know, have the box be his garden, and that's why they looked a little bit more dangerous. Yeah, and you know, in the in, in the playoffs, 
in the playoffs, Toronto has played Josie underneath Jovinko, and it's worked. I think it it, it does work because I I think Josie plays better with the mat, with the with the game in front of him. But as you said, Tosan Ricketts, I mean, really has been a very good player, and Toronto has had the most success this season in the attacking half and the attacking third. Excuse me, when Jovinko is playing underneath Josie Altador and uh, Josie Altador and uh, Tosan Ricketts. So I think if you had those three together uh, early on, I mean, if, if you bring on Ricketts, I mean, I, I think Ricketts should have started really realistically, but if you bring on Ricketts instead of Will Johnson, um, I think maybe the match is different if you have three of the, those three attacking players on. Because like I said, time and time again, you saw Toronto with two-on-two opportunities. If you add the pace of uh, Ricketts and you allow Jovinko to drop and maybe be able to pick out Josie Altador to some Ricketts because we know Altador plays great with a true partner up top. Maybe they would have been able to take a, take advantage of one of those opportunities. And you have to wonder why Greg Vanny didn't bring on Ricketts earlier because they were dominating. It's not like they needed to have an extra uh, midfielder who would come back and defend, you know, Cooper, Bradley, and uh, who and Osorio were playing Sorry. well. I think I think they could have maybe taken one of those guys out of there and, and put on more of an a, an attacking threat. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Ricketts was the reason why they were a little bit more uh, attacking, a little bit more vibrant in their attack towards the end of the match because one, he had fresh legs, and two, he's one of the fastest players in the league. And three, because Jovinko wasn't doing a whole lot. I mean, to be fair, to be fair, I thought he he got fouled a lot, and I think a lot more than the fouls were called. Uh, I mean, the referee let him play, and I saw people praising him for that, and I really do understand that. Like, I, I'm a believer in letting him play. Um, and yeah, and, and, very consistent tonight. Yeah, I mean, he was decently consistent, I'd say. Um, but that being said, I think if he had called some of those fouls early on, we wouldn't have seen some of the chippiness we saw. Uh, you know, Josie Altador and Osvaldo Alonso got into it. Uh, there was a couple of other really, really tough and hard, brutal challenges. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to tell when Giovinco falls because he's so small. It is, but I, th- I mean, I think there were a lot more fouls than were called. No, yeah, I, I would have. I think it, it definitely could have changed the game. I mean, if Michael Bradley is sending in crosses on Josie Alt- like to Josie Altador on some of those. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, uh, go ahead. No, no, no okay. I, I was about to move on. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't know. I don't know why I did that. I didn't really have anything to add. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, and I, th- I think you know it's an issue. Obviously, uh, I'm talking about Seattle's issues right now. It, it's kind of like, you know, uh, yeah, even though they won. But you know it's an issue for Seattle when, like, I feel like one of the biggest threats that they had on the attack was Jovan Jones. And, I, I mean, I know he plays forward for his country, but, I mean, he, he was playing left back in this game, and it looked like he was one of the more dangerous players. What happened with Jordan Morris? Why why was he so ineffective tonight? I just I don't think he's an outside midfielder or a winger. Um, he uh, excuse me, sorry, my my heater just went on. It scared me a little bit. Um, he I, he's not a winger, right? And I think uh, he was sort of he would cut in, he would not cut inside, but he would drift inside. And Jovan Jones would come forward and sort of have his way on the left wing there. But he, 
I, he just didn't have the opportunities that he would have had as a striker. I think he's just an out-and-out striker. And you saw when Valdez went off and he was moved up top, he he got into the match a little bit more. He was able to hold it up, get in behind a little bit more. Um, and, you know, he and, Nic- and Nico Lodero were able to play off of each other. I, I think it was a mistake to play him on the wing and play Val- Valdez up top. And like you said, Jovan Jones had to be in the attack because Morris would drift inside and, you know, Jones would have to come up and, 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 uh, help on that flank. It it was, it was an interesting formation. Uh, you know, sometimes it looked like a four, three, three with Morris and Lodero on the wing. Sometimes it looked like Valdez and Morris were up top with, with Lodero underneath in the hole, but it it just overall, it just looked disjointed. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. Um, Going, going back to Toronto. So I know you mentioned that Ricketts. You thought he should have started, or Ricketts should have come on instead of Will Johnson earlier on in the game. But I mean, talking about decisions that Greg Vanny actually had to make in the second leg um, against Montreal, he started Will Johnson. Uh, instead, he chose to start Jonathan Osorio this time. Do you think that was the, the right decision to make to make that one change in the starting lineup that he made since the Eastern Conference Finals? Well, I thought Will Johnson would would be a part of this match in order to help mark Nico Lodero. But I think Osorio I think Osorio played because he is a little bit more attacking than Will Johnson and Vanny felt as if he played Osorio, he wouldn't he didn't have to play Althador Ricketts and Jovinko, if that makes sense. Because if you just play, if you just play Jovinko and Althador up top, and you have Will Johnson there with Cooper and Bradley, uh, I think that's a little bit too defensive. Um, but but with Osorio, Osorio we've seen before is able to pick out a pass very well, and I think that was maybe the logic there to have Althador and Jovinko try to run the channels and have uh, have Osorio be the connection between the midfield and the attack. Yeah. Yeah, that, he did. A, he did have a shot early on in the fifteenth minute, but other than that, yeah, I, I don't. That whole connection didn't really. <laughs> no, work it didn't. Out that it didn't way. work out. No. Um, you were talking about Alonzo before. He actually was a was a a maybe before this game. He had a knee injury in the mm-hmm. second uh, in the second leg versus the Rapids that forced him to go out. You couldn't really tell in this game. He was tracking back a lot, and uh, good game by him overall. I mean. Yeah, I think he was one of the three or four best players on the pitch. I think he, uh, Michael Bradley, Roman Torres, and Stefan Fry were were probably the best players on the pitch tonight. Um, and we, you know, we put a poll out on Twitter for man of the match, and um, right now we have thirteen votes. It's only I put it out like twenty, maybe fifteen minutes ago, right before the podcast started. Uh, Fry has seventy-seven percent of the votes. Alonso has fifteen, and Torres has eight. Um, but I think that means Torres has one vote. I think that was my vote. Um, but as you said, Al- Alonso, he did a lot of work tonight because as you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Jones was pushed up pretty high. And not only was Jones up, pushed up pretty high, Mears on the other side was pushed up pretty high. So Alonso had to track back a lot to help out Marshall and Torres when they were in those two-on-two situations when Toronto was on the counterattack. Alonso was really the guy who 
um, was able to stop those and stuff those out a little bit. Uh, also, I thought Alonso was very good going forward. I thought he created some opportunities. I mean, opportunities is a relative term. There weren't many opportunities, but he, he did the best he could to, to jumpstart attacks by going forward and, and trying to pick out a dangerous pass. Yeah, yeah, he he was definitely got more involved in the attack than I than I expected him to, but that's probably because of all the focus put on Lodero and Morris. Absolutely. Um, now Seattle has a terrible first first half of the season. They, you know, things are looking down. You know, Clint. Well, I guess this happened before, but then uh, Siggy Schmidt is fired. Brian Schmetzer is brought in, and Nicholas Lodero is brought in. What, what, was it a morale change? Do you think that Brian Schmetzer changed something for the better? Or was it purely Nicholas Ladero coming in and bringing the talent? Explain how this team started off as being one of the worst teams in the Western Conference to eventually winning MLS Cup. Well, I think it's a combination of everything you said. I think Ziggy Schmidt, you know, sometimes, sometimes you need to change. And the head coaching position. And, and Ziggy Schmidt is one of the most uh, well-liked and probably one of the best coaches in MLS history. But at a certain point, you start to lose your team, and I think I think the change was needed. And remember, Brian Schmetzer was on the staff. He was the interim manager. He was the assistant manager. And he was uh, the coach in USL before... Uh, before Seattle became an MLS team, so he and he played for the Sounders. I mean, it just adds to the story. He he's a Sounders player. Um, he he knows the organization. I think he tactically he was able to figure out a way to get the best out of Jordan Morris, uh, as well as Clint Dempsey for the brief time for maybe the five games that he was healthy, and as you said, Nico Lodero. Um, and then the other the other player they got or got back was Roman Torres later in the year coming off an injury and I, I think his defensive stability um, cannot be understated I and mean, he's just a stalwart back there um, and and for me I thought was the, was the best player on the pitch tonight um, but I think it was it was a combination of all of those things and and as you know in this league you need to get hot at the right time. Uh, the teams towards the bottom of, of, of the Western Conference playoff picture weren't able to, to create enough of a separation between them and, and the middle and lower end of the pack, and Seattle was able to get into the playoffs, get hot in the playoffs, and, well, I mean, they, really they didn't get hot, they just, you know, they they got a goal against Colorado when they needed to in the second leg, and, and they, they stuck out this match and, and ended up winning it all, and it's not like, I mean, they did turn it around. They did play well towards the end of the season, and they did well in the beginning of the playoffs. Um, it just, it feels a little bit anticlimactic, in my opinion, <laughs> with with the penalties yeah. and the non. All right, yeah, yeah. So why don't we talk about that? I mean, it's always, I, I, by the time penalties came, I was rooting for Toronto because I thought they deserved to win. Absolutely. But, I mean, there's still a way to you know, say that Toronto should have finished their chances. They have so much to look at, you know, go, like what they did wrong. But does that stop you from having a bad taste in your mouth after this? Or how, how do you feel, I guess? How do I feel personally? Yeah. 
I, I think I'm just disappointed. I was hoping that this would be a match. I mean, Seattle and Toronto with a lot of big stars to bring in the neutral fan, as you said. Uh, I'm disappointed that a team with zero shots on target <laughs> is, listed, is lifting MLS Cup. Uh, I thought the atmosphere was incredible in Toronto. Uh, I think that is maybe the one is the silver lining here for for a neutral to see that at- atmosphere in an MLS stadium in a in a world class stadium um, is fantastic. I think Seattle is a deserving franchise, um, but I, I wouldn't say it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I, I'm just a little bit disappointed. It feels like. It feels like this is the new way to win trophies, too, with uh, Portugal winning and and with Leicester City. I mean, Leicester City was more exciting than Portugal or Seattle, um, but, you know. I mean, yeah, they, they had to, I mean, that's, that's, well, that's totally uh, Yeah, it's different because it's over the course of a season. So, I mean, that's much more impressive, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, Portugal did it. Uh, I mean, we've seen it, we've seen it a couple of times now. It's just, uh, it was anticlimactic. And, you know, you, the stars didn't show up tonight. Jovinko, Josie Altador, Michael Bradley, Nicholas Lazaro, Jordan Morris. I mean, we got zero goals. It was a 0-0 draw, and, you know, 0-0 draws can be exciting. This one wasn't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, 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 was not, it was not the greatest match. I, I'm just a little, overall, I'm a, I'm a little disappointed. Um, and... Definitely, I was hoping this match wouldn't go into extra time and pens because I got a lot of work to do. So, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I really wanted a goal at the end of full time. Yeah, uh, I was just like thirty more <laughs> minutes of this, I can't. But it actually ended up being more exciting than I thought it would. I mean, the end. you know, the, a lot of people were saying it wasn't exciting. I mean, it wasn't that exciting, but I never felt like I was going to stop watching. No, well, I mean, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so if you're a Toronto fan right now, you've seen this club spend more money than any other MLS team over the past three years and not get a title out of it, bring in two of the biggest U.S. men's national team stars, not get a title out of it, a a player from Juventus, you have a, you have a player who's had 30 goals and 30 assists in the past two seasons, not get a title. What... I mean, what does Toronto need to do differently next year? And do you think it's it's you should be have your head down? I guess if you're a Toronto fan right now. No, I mean it's a great season for them. Toronto came a long way. They they hosted MLS Cup. They really they dominated. They they have a great nucleus um, with three of the best players in the league in, in Altador, uh, Bradley, and Jovinko. They have a really good supporting cast with players like Ricketts, with Clint Irwin, Drew Moore, Haglund, Justin Morrow, Stephen Betashore. At this point, it's about bringing in one or two more players who can uh, positively impact the team going forward and keeping on to those big three. And I think that might be difficult uh, this January, I think, I think they're going to have offers for all three of them, especially for Jovinko, Michael Bradley, uh, and Toronto really, really needs to hold on to those guys. That's yeah. that's absolutely the biggest thing right now for 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 them. 
Uh, Early prediction for next year's MLS Cup winner? No, I am not doing that. <laughs> it's the most predictable league in the world. Are you kidding me? Right. No, no exactly. <laughs> um, definitely Landon Donovan hoisting the trophy for LA Galaxy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's staying in retirement. Mm, I'll text him. I'll text him. You'll text him. Excuse me? <laughs> Okay, well, I, I, just because you have his number, that was just a matter of... I, okay, that that had nothing to do with the fact that he's closer to you. Although he is a little bit closer to you. I wouldn't say we're close. I'm just... <laughs> I, I, I have corresponded with him. You were the main communicator. I'll... I'll yeah. I'll, I, I'll admit to that. I mean, I was the only communicator. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean, through email. Through I mean, still email. communicated with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's fine. We'll, we'll see what happens with Landon. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to stop talking about this, but I'm sure you guys can understand why. <laughs> uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, we interviewed Landon Donovan on episode 60 of the Soccer Brothers podcast. You should go check that out if you if you haven't listened to it. Now, I have a question for you right now. Sure. Um, I'm sure you know that Real Madrid lost to Deportivo today. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they are no longer unbeaten in the league. Which team is unbeaten in the top five European leagues? You'll never guess this, actually. <laughs> Roma? No, we lost once. Oh, you lost once in the top five leagues. Red it's Bull. It's a team that's Le- six, eight, and zero. Oh. Leipzig? No, Leipzig lost this weekend to Ingolstadt. Gamp. No, Hoffenheim. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, there's six, eight, and zero. Oh. That's 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 so weird. I, I don't think I've seen anything <laughs> eight, like that. Eight, eight draws. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'll be damned. <laughs> I mean, I think that if you if you're undefeated, you should just automatically win the title. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. I don't think that would change anything, honestly. But that would be a neat little rule to add in there. <laughs> Hoffenheim. They came up. They came back up this season, didn't they? Um, I I want to say. I want to say so, but... Maybe they were always there towards the bottom, but I thought they got relegated. Because, well, Danny Williams and... No, no, yeah, Fabian... they finished 15th last year. No, they were still there. Okay. Well, D- Danny Williams and Fabian Johnson both played there. Yep. <laughs> uh, impressive. Impressive stuff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Except probably not more impressive than what Leipzig is doing, but that's okay. That's true. And, I mean, Ertha Berlin's right in front of them, and Eintracht Frankfurt's right behind them. Or if they're on this, their level on points. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely tighter than we all anticipated. Why? Okay, why are we talking about the Bundesliga? I'm sure we'll talk about it. Well, yeah, let's talk about the Premier League. Okay, <laughs> tomorrow at 9:15 a.m., Manchester United versus Tottenham. Sixth place Man United takes on fifth place Tottenham. 21 points, 27. Manchester United really needs to win this if they want to get if they want to get up to the Champions League, even though they won't. What do you think the score is going to be in this game? I have no. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your you're, job. You're just you're just freaking this on me. Is this what they call a filler? <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll go. Uh, I think Tottenham are gonna win. You know um, the road. I I, I mean, oh, no. yeah. I just United are just really disjointed. Um, defensive. I I think Toronto. Uh, not Toronto. Jesus. <laughs> Tottenham is is firing on all cind- cylinders right now. Um. They're sort of back to where they need to be. Uh, Hungbin Sun has been absolutely fantastic for them. Um, and I just, I don't see 
Manchester United dealing well w- with uh, the with Pochettino's press, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so, so you're saying Tottenham wins? Yeah. Okay, I'll say Tottenham wins two to one. I have I don't have a score because I really don't I don't know. So you're telling me every time you predict a score, you have to like study the game? Yeah. First, otherwise you just, okay. Otherwise you just pull your score out of your ass. And you've never done that. I, I have, but not on this <laughs> podcast. Are you sure? No. <laughs> okay. Um. Now, I think the biggest thing, though, to come out of this MLS Cup final is that I think Jan Sommer just lost his job for Switzerland because Stefan Fry, dude, it's over. <laughs> Jan Sommer is the goalkeeper. For yes. Switzerland. Is is he now at this Berkey start? Um actually you you might be right. I I know they've both played recently, but I don't know. Either way, Fry is better yeah, than both S- of them. Stefan Fry. <laughs> he uh you know what, Canada should try to should try to get on that. Get him to uh get his citizenship. Yeah. <laughs> I mean uh, yeah, he hasn't made a cap for the senior national team. He's only for the U fifteen, so U U fifteens? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which isn't yet. <laughs> he was almost made it, except not really at all. Yeah. Um, all right. What so, was so, with that before? No, go ahead. What was with that before the game where, um, uh, yeah, Fry wanted to like wear extra gear, then the referee said no. Wait, why? Like, why? <laughs> Can I be honest? I have no idea what you're talking about. I walked in like five minutes before the game started uh, to okay. my room. So, so, so he, I mean, obviously, all the Seattle fans were complaining about the cold or whatever. And then Fry wanted wait, wait, to wear. They're, they're from the Pacific Northwest. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I mean, it's significantly more colder in Toronto. You know, it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, Toronto's like north of us, like right. Yeah, they're in Canada. I know north. <laughs> I meant like north. Like you don't even have to go east or west, just like straight north. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but all of Canada is north of us. I know where Canada <laughs> is in relation to the United States. I'm talking about Toledo. Like, uh, uh, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I'm in Columbus, so. Okay, wow, big deal. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, and he wanted to wear extra gear, but the referees said, and like, yeah, the referees said no. I, I have no idea. Like, do you agree with what, that? Were the pants that... different colors? Were they the wrong color? No, he, I want to wear something under his jersey, I think. I, I don't know. You'd have to take it up with... If they can wear sweatpants in the Euros, I don't understand. <laughs> Are you referring to the hungry, hungry Keeper? I am. Yeah. I don't know his name, but I shout out Hungry Keeper. I don't remember his name either. All right, before we go, because we're just talking now... Um, About soccer still. Is is Seattle the new Boston in terms of sports? I know they don't have a hockey or basketball team. Can you like elaborate on that? Well, you know, Boston have the Red Sox, the Bruins, um, the Revs were successful for a little, little while, and, and the Patriots, obviously. And you're saying Seahawks and Sounders. So well, well, let's do this: is who who's a better emerging sports town, Seattle or Cleveland? Uh, okay, so so taking the Indians into account. Wait, yeah. okay. Well, what's the Seattle baseball team? The Mariners. Mariners, right? Uh, 
Yeah, I know nothing about that, but the Indians are good. <laughs> um, now, the Seahawks beat out the Browns any day of the week, except they're going to lose tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but the Browns still haven't won a game, right? The Browns have not won a game, no. I don't, but I want the Lions to have, be the only team to not win a game. Okay, that's a separate, separate thing. It's a separate thing. For another, a separate thing for another podcast. Yeah. No. <laughs> for another podcast by us. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> we, no. We'll have the around the NFL guys take that. But yes. um, sorry. Then the other team, but I think where 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 Seattle really wins it is the SuperSonics versus the Cavs. The SuperSonics, SuperSonics got a great team upcoming. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that Ray Allen, as long as he's hitting threes, LeBron's not going to stand. Yeah, a exactly. You know, uh, there's actually. Uh, they're they're building a stadium in Seattle, so the Sonics could be back pretty soon. Oh, nice, nice. Who would they get rid of? I don't know. Um, they might just add a team. Timberwolves, uh, in my opinion, useless. They're one of the emerging teams. Okay. <laughs> Do you have anything else <laughs> to say about state. MLS Cup? Um, in terms of MLS Cup, here's what I'll say. Every year in MLS, I... I'm kind of down about it for some reason before it starts, and I just, I just, I'm not that excited. But then, even towards the beginning, I'm not that excited. But then towards the end, it, it gets really exciting, and it always seems like there's a good storyline that's going on. And I think that in American sports, that's like the real intrigue. Like people always want to see a good story, like whether it relates to an athlete's personal life or you know, the the club's history or the team's history. I think that's important, and that is so attractive to to me and you since we grew up watching American sports. Um, but whereas, like, if you're talking about European soccer, I mean, they don't always, like, it's, there's not always a good story. I mean, in, like, well, in Italy, the same well, yeah, team's been yeah. winning. No, I, I agree with that. I'm, Leicester City was a great story. Um, yeah. The, I mean, that's, yeah, that, that. that. That's crazy. I can't believe that that happened. Yeah, that, 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 that might be an outlier. But yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think MLS needs to figure out their playoffs because, I mean, I feel like the playoffs started like two months ago. I, it, they they need to figure out a way to condense the playoffs. Um, but yeah, as, as you said, I, I think MLS uh, this year, I wasn't able to watch as much as I did last year. Um, so I, I wasn't as uh, I don't think I was as invested in this MLS Cup as I was in the last one. I mean, we were at the last one, so it was completely different. Um, but, you know, over... And we also, like, kind of had, like, a huge bias towards the crew, so... Yeah. Um, but I think overall, uh, the matches I did watch this season, I thought were, were very exciting and a lot of fun. I think there were some great storylines, as you said, Landon Donovan coming back. Uh, Seattle and Toronto making it uh, to this point. Um, maybe the collapse of Columbus and and Portland is an intriguing storyline in, in its own in its own right. Um, yeah, so you know, there's a lot of emerging stars. As Don Garber said at halftime, um, the average age of players coming into MLS this year was 25 years old. Uh, we have some new, exciting young stars in, in Jovinko, who's not necessarily new anymore. Um, but we have uh, Almiron coming into Atlanta. We had Lodero come in this year. We have some homegrown players like Jordan Morris, uh, Tommy Thompson, some some really 
uh, Andrew Carlton down in Atlanta who will start playing next year. Just some, some really exciting talent in the league. And I, and I think next year with the additions of Minnesota and Atlanta, I think it could be – I think it will be one of the better seasons in MLS history. And uh, That's I'm next excited. year. My God. Yeah, it's, it's not like that far. Months. It's not that far yeah. away. It's like four months away. That's crazy. It's not that. It's not that far. Okay, so I know you don't like to have discussions about penalty kicks, but okay, I, I thought about something. If like the F, if the Capital One Cup can do replays, why can't just in a cup final they do a replay? What do you mean? Oh, like, like on a different uh, day. Oh, oh, that's what you mean. Because there's so much, there's uh, there's like TV and stuff that you there's have tickets and like yeah, uh, like. <laughs> The Capital, well, like, by, the way, by, by the way, the Capital One Cup doesn't do replays. The FA Cup does replays. Okay, it's my bad. Um, the but at Archon fourteen made a good point. Like like a team just won the MLS Cup that didn't get a shot on target. Yeah, I agree. And do you think that there's no better solution than penalty kicks? No, I, I don't think there is a better solution. What is your solution? My solution is make a replay. No, let's just well, after the first extra time. Let's just make it seven on seven. Who said that? I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> Is that really a better solution than penalty kicks? No, but yeah, I didn't yeah. say that. I said make a replay. <laughs> no, you can't do a replay of a cup final. That's the okay. Most, so that you is, mentioned TV no, or that whatever. Is, that, that is the most anticlimactic thing ever. Having a separate match. No, it's like. <laughs> It looks like this one's gonna take two matches instead of one. Like, like that's exactly what they would say as as the way the final whistle blew. I disagree. I disagree with that. Now, you mentioned TV and whatever. Like, if anything, it's just helping TV. No, it's not. Else, no, yeah. no. <laughs> Fox can't set up for that like twice. I mean, they they can, but it's just impractical. It's impractical. Okay, what about they just take a two-hour break? Okay. All right. But with that, let's get out of here. Uh, we'll make a whole other episode on alternatives no, to penalty kicks. No, that's not happening. Uh, I'll do it by myself. V- v- vetoed. <laughs> you don't. You don't edit the podcast, so I don't know how you're going to do that. I can, You don't think I know how to upload? Actually, okay. You make a good point. <laughs> All right, with that, we have an email for this podcast, soccerbrotherspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a website, soccerbrotherspodcast.com. We're on social media at soccerbrotherspod, our Twitter and Instagram handles. We're also on Facebook under the Soccer Brothers Podcast. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, or really any app that plays podcasts. Um, and yeah, anything else you'd like to add, Sahil? We'll see you guys next time on episode 67 of the Soccer Brothers Podcast. <laughs>